Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Hello, Ellen. Ellen, I am incredible. Wow. So today we are going to be talking about Wait With Me by Amy Dawes, and later we are going to talk about Defending Romance. But first, mom, what have you been reading? (laughs) I already told Ellen this is going to be a very short segment. <laughs> Ellen, since since I read uh, The Dukes Who Stole Christmas, How I have Duke read nothing Christmas. until I read Wait With Me. Mom. Me too. Yeah. It's been a, it's a busy time of year. It's been a busy yeah. couple of weeks. Yes, it, it has been busy. Yeah, it has. <laughs> okay. Um. What it, wait, what have you been reading, Ellen? <laughs> I have been, I have been reading nothing, nothing, not even Turkish television. We haven't even. Not, I know two, we're two episodes behind on Erkenci <laughs> Kush. Oh gosh, um, yeah. So we're super boring this week. Yeah, and, sorry, <laughs> snoozer. <yeah. laughs> but you know, you guys know it's and like we were together for a lot of you we know. Were. The time that was in between the, these two episodes. And lots of um, family and yeah, crazy stuff going on. It's true. All of that is true. <laughs> um, okay, so today we are going to be talking about Wait With Me by Amy Dawes. It is the first in her Wait With Me series. The second book is out. I'm pretty excited to read it, honestly, because it's about his friend, Sam, and his sister. Ooh, Maggie. I was thinking maybe Lindsay, but his sister, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm down with that. <laughs> and you know how I feel about, you know, friend friends of, and sisters. Friend of brothers, sisters, romances, um, which I don't know why. But anyway, I posted about the pretty cute history of this book, but in case you missed it or missed it when it was floating around the interwebs last year, Amy had hit that dreaded writer's block until she brought her car into a tires, tires, tires for some new tires. And there in the waiting room, inspiration struck and words began to flow. She kept returning with friends, relatives, and neighbors' cars. She actually got a fake invoice for all the complimentary coffee. And author Jana Aston had a pizza delivered to her at the tire shop. When the Tires, Tires, Tires management caught wind of the story, they not only gave her permission to come by whenever she wanted, but they made her their official writer-in-residence. The experience was so fun, and it went so viral that Amy wrote this book, Wait With Me, based on that experience. And it's pretty cute because, like, the Tires store, like, they put out, like, on their, you know, marquee Marquee. sign, they put, like, Your book was... Go, go, get Wait With Me! Yeah. (laughs) It was pretty cute. Um, so for the description of this book, the fiction does not stray too far, or the fiction does not stray too far from the fact here. Um, Wait With Me is about Kate Smith, an erotica author who writes under the pen name Mercedes Lee Love Letter. When Kate is faced with writer's block while trying to power through the last book in her erotica series, she finds her words flow in the waiting room at Tires Depot, which comes complete with complimentary coffee and baked goods. She seems to be getting away with her sneaking into the customer care center until hunky Tires Depot mechanic Miles Hudson catches her in the act. Yeah, Kate he further 
Kate further incriminates herself by giving him her pen name. Uh, things begin to heat up as the two spend more time together, quote unquote, researching. Wow. But Kate could come out from behind. But can Kate come out from behind the facade of Mercedes Lee love letter? So, mom, what did you think of Wait With Me? Well, what I think about Wait With Me is that I will never go get new tires without a smirk on my face. <laughs> Not that I'm going to be hitting on any of the guys at the tire store. But yes, you will. I hit on everybody. According to Ellen, I hit on everybody. <laughs> I'm friendly, Ellen. I'm friendly. Most people okay. like it. <laughs> okay. But, um, yeah, I will uh, always be smirking whenever I go get work done on my car. I know. And if they, like, if they even dare to offer me free coffee or anything, I'm just going to be like, oh, no. <laughs> Wait, seriously? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, we were warned that this one was going to be embarrassing for us. I think because we've previously read some Amy Dawes, I wasn't as concerned. But this one is, I felt like this one is dirtier than the Challenge series. Would you agree or disagree that this one is steamier? I don't think it's any steamier than, like, dominance or surrender. Dominate. Um, Dominate. Or surrender. That's what I meant. Um, I feel like the frequency was at least, like, upped in this one. That could be. I don't know. I don't really pay attention. I mean, I pay attention, (laughs) but I don't really. It's just, you know. It's white noise to you at this point. It is. I've I've lost my wow factor. (laughs) We've killed, we've, we've, you did, killed we've her. completely killed mom and her sense of yeah, morality. <laughs> yeah. Um, a couple other notes before I get into the questions. Mercedes Lee Love Letter is the worst pen name ever. Worst pen name ever. I was, <laughs> gosh, how could she even want to go with that name? <laughs> but Mercedes but Lee is tongue- okay. Yeah. I think it was kind of tongue in cheek to begin with. Yeah, Mercedes Lee is okay, and like Mercedes itself is fine, but the love you add the love letter at the end, and it's just like <laughs> a little um, silly. And then there is a part which I was like, "Oh, this is kind of ringing true for mom, probably." When Miles is talking to his sister, and they're talking about their mom and how she's into all the dirty stuff. And they're like, oh, her blog, Dirty Birdie's book blog. She even passes out business cards at church. She's so embarrassing. I don't pass out business cards at church. Lies. I did. Well, okay. You pass out business cards to people from church. I have that. I have done. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I was going to talk about some of that myself because I related to some of what she was talking about. Okay, you want me to hold off on that? Yeah, let's. I'll wait, because I'll do it in a question. I'm sure you'll ask me something pertinent that will bring it up. Maybe not, though. Okay, so what did you think of the premise in connection to Amy Dawes' real-life experience? I thought it was cute, and I thought it was cute that almost kind of as a thank you to the tire store, she wrote this book about a tire store, and... um. I I thought it was really well done. I thought it was a fun, kind of a wink, wink, nod, nod to 
Well, and it's so, like, out there and silly that, like, it could only be real life, right? It could only be based based on a real life thing. Because who else would come up with, you know, a tire tire store, store. yeah, a tire store waiting room being, you know, your your writing spot. It's just kind of silly. I have Um, to say, though, that... The image she writes of him stacking those tires and all dirty Oof. and sweaty and gosh dang. She's okay. Well, we're gonna get into that because I have thoughts, as I'm sure do you. Um, no, my mine went blank. I know. <laughs> um. Okay. So, what did you think of Kate as our heroine? I really liked Kate. I thought she was fun and she was feisty and she was, you know, just what we'd love in a heroine. She was because he was. I don't know. You're going to ask me this later, but he was very alpha. I mean, there was Ooh. very little Ooh. non-alphaness in him, and mm-hmm. I just love an alpha guy with a very perky, funny, sweet. Girl. Yeah, she is sweet, but I liked. You know, she's she's pretty sassy, and she's got no problems expressing her opinions, especially when she starts like taking on this more Mercedes like personality um but you know i thought she was a little kooky a little sassy and believable as an erotica author um she just had a lot of funny little lines like she says she stuffed my face with a breadstick like some sort of prepubescent child on the run from fat camp i thought that was funny (laughs) but my favorite scene with her was when she was getting kind of drunk at their part at like her the end party right and she's talking about all the things that like mercedes likes and she's like and mercedes likes a formal scene where the guy takes off a girl's panties and fingers them in his tuxedo (laughs) pocket all night long and her friend's like there's like crickets and her friend says that was really specific, but yay! yay! <laughs> that was super specific, but yeah! Yeah, that was funny. And I was like, yep, only in a romance novel. That whole scene where he's carrying her over his shoulder and she's yelling all that stuff and everybody's yeah. cheering for her and then he puts her down and Miles is right there. Yeah. Adorable. Oh, boy. Adorable. Miles. Yeah, I thought she was a lot of fun. I like. She was kind of probably my favorite part of... Just, like, the lines that we got out of her and stuff were just a lot of fun. Um, so what did you think of Miles as our hero? Miles was... He just went on for Miles, didn't he? Pun intended. <laughs> the, um, just oh, everywhere. <laughs> yeah. um, he was fantastic, but he was very alpha. There's very There was very little beta in him. He was big yeah. and large and... Yeah, overpowering he and he mm-hmm. you know liked uh uh you know didn't want to play games didn't want to mess around just wanted to do well, what he did yes he did and did he ever yeah he did um but she's always so like visceral when she's talking about him like his he's all dirty and sweaty and his yeah. hot rough hands <laughs> and i was just like oh gosh <laughs> But yeah, when she would describe him and the stack in the tires, and you're just like, gosh, dang, dude. And he's got that thing that we like with the dark hair and, and bright blue, blue eyes. eyes. Mm, gosh, dang. Um, so he is very territorial. This is like a thing that gets brought up several times. And I like this part. I'm going to read this quote. 
she says, I shouldn't be turned on by that. I'm a modern woman. I'm independent. I think I could be a feminist if I ever knew exactly what the (laughs) F that all entailed. I'm editing for mom. Uh, But personally, I don't think feminism belongs in the bedroom. I think feminism is having license over your own desires. And I was kind of like, yeah, preach. Well said. Yeah. Um, And because oftentimes when we talk about how territorial these guys are, and I do feel a little bad that that works for me (laughs) because I'm supposed to be modern and feminist, but... um, yeah, I think part of feminism is knowing what you like. So, so go find that out. <laughs> and then demand it. Yeah. Um, and then I also wrote down this quote because this was another, like, preach Amy moment that I had in this book. She says, Sex appeal wasn't created in a gym with weights and treadmills. No, it was born in powerful, grungy garages where men Real effing men worked with their hands where they got so dirty they had to use a special soap to clean themselves up. You can't find that shit at Bath and Body. Pure <laughs> effing testosterone. And I was just like, yeah. oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, it's funny to me because, um, you know, my husband, who I love dearly, <laughs> honey, I love you, um, but, you know, he's your average Joe. He's, he's yeah. not much to sing home about. But um, he works with these women. And they're also, they can't believe how handy he is. Like, he can fix things and do things and, and uh, make things. And, and they all just, really, I think that they all are enamored with my husband because he you know, can fix things around the barn. And I'm talking about the women. It is, from, it is like a dying art, though, I think. It is, definitely. I, dang, I see it in my sons. It's a dying art for men to be able to just go out and fix a car or, yeah. you know, uh, see something broken and, and fix that. Mm-hmm. It's, it is a dying art. Everybody hires things done and no one does it for themselves anymore. It's got to be some, like, evolutionary thing, right? That that's still, like, a thing that does it for us as women i don't know but those women at the barn are all like oh your husband's so amazing i'm like yeah he's okay (laughs) (laughs) no he is amazing (laughs) when he's not driving me crazy (laughs) but there's got to be something biological to that don't you think that i mean because it's not like this is a revolutionary thing that women are attracted to handy guys no it's not revolutionary well and i think there's something to be said and i'm going to set feminism back sorry ladies but i think we like to be able to have someone we can rely on for something like that and um you know there's something sexy about a man who can oh you need that fixed i'll fix that (laughs) i got some money fixed (laughs) yeah let me give you my list. <laughs> Ooh, you're going to build a shed in my backyard? Yeah, baby. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> my dad just built a shed in our backyard. <laughs> anyway, there's something sexy about a man who can do stuff. Yeah, it's true. It's nice. Um, but I'm... Because it's got to go back to, you know, the hunter and provider and gatherer instincts within us, you know, that 
it's just a deeply ingrained yeah. thing. Also, it comes from part of the fact that I don't want to do it myself, but I like to have someone. <laughs> so it's really it. hot when somebody else. It's does really it hot you. when someone else can do it. <laughs> that is a true turn on. <laughs> oh boy, um, but yeah, he was he was nice. I mean, I don't yeah. think there was, was anything. Nice. <laughs> I don't think there was anything like truly revolutionary groundbreaking about him, but no. um but it was definitely nice to think about nice him dis- for nice for a description book for, to read. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Okay. So she got to put a, in a lot of cute or insightful nods to the romance genre in here. Uh anything that was said about romance that particularly stuck out to you? Um no, but here is, this is where I'm going to bring up the other thing. Um, sure. The whole section where she's talking about how her family doesn't like what she does and that they, mm-hmm. like, keep it secret. And he and her old ex-boyfriend didn't want to tell his family about it. And yeah. um, because they're very churchy. And mm-hmm. uh, I think we've made it clear that we're pretty churchy yeah. people. And um, so there are things about, I don't tell a lot of people about our podcast is the bottom line. And mm-hmm. um, especially are, because a lot of our social circle is people from church. Right. And and I just don't want them to be judgy and not only judgy about, you know, the sexual aspect of the books, but just the, you know, people think this is a genre that is, I don't know, not intelligent enough for some people. Yeah. I, uh, I obviously disagree because I read them all the time apparently. But, um, so I, I could relate to some of what she was saying in that I don't share the podcast with everyone on Facebook. However, we do have groups on Facebook that we do talk about the podcast quite a bit with, and we have a lot of fun in those groups. And, um, you know, to the point where I think I told Ellen, I said, I think I'm more myself on those groups than I am you know, like the persona I put on my personal. regular Facebook. Yeah, on my yeah. own personal, you know, Facebook. So. Yeah, and, like, for me, if someone, like, straight up asks me, like, what kind of, because, I mean, I don't make it a secret that I read a lot. Right. I mean, first of all, I've always got my Kindle or some sort of book on me. Um. So if, and if someone straight up asks me, I will I will tell them, but I don't broadcast it necessarily. Well, that's exactly. Um, I would never lie to anyone, or and yeah. I and I tell people that we do a podcast, and if they ask me, I tell them what the podcast is about. Yeah. But um, but I don't, you know, like advertise it or I try not to be in my in your face with it, kind of thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I thought that you would. I thought that was probably because mom had told me that there was a part that kind of made her, you know, identify a lot. And I was like, well, I hope it's not all of this, you know, lusting after a mechanic in a garage thing. But, um, well, let's see. <laughs> but so when I oh, got yeah, to yeah, that yeah. part, you're right, Ellen. It's the other one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when I got to that part, I was like, oh, yeah, this is what this is what she's talking about. Um, I wrote down this quote that she says um, at one point. I think it's it's when she kind of finishes, is nearing the end of her book. And she says, but deep down, I know, oh, it's, this is what it was. It's when she's talking about about her 
ex-boyfriend who wouldn't, you know, tell anybody what she did for a living, etc. And she said, but deep down, I know I'm more. I'm a creator of stories, stories that have a plot and an arc and a journey. Yes, they experiment in BDSM. Yes, they do anal. And yes, you will probably get horny when you read them. But they still mean something to me. I'm still proud of them when I type the end. And I love the fact that I have readers who get to escape their regular lives for a while and pretend that they're someone else. Um, You know, you might have gathered that mom and I don't dabble a lot in like straight erotica, you know. <laughs> Um, but I do, I do appreciate this kind of outlook, even just on romance. I mean, cause this is how people look also at just the romance genre in general. Um, but yeah, you're still, there's still stories and there's still character development and things in a good one, at least. Um, so I, I liked, I liked that part. I liked that too. And we're going to talk a little bit later in the episode about how we defend the romance genre to anybody who might come at us about it but um um i did like since we're throwing out quotes um where she was talking about her next project and she said maybe i'll uh, write about a bunch of british brothers that play soccer and he and he says that and she says oh you're right you're right if they're british it would be football because football. <laughs> we uh we've read that series it's it's a very good series if you liked this one i would highly recommend the harris the, brothers series the harris brothers series that she it's writes about the British football playing brothers, because um, speak of speaking of yeah, sexy dang. men in books, yeah, yeah, they're and nice they some, and some good tropes in those books. So yes, for sure. Um, okay, so let's talk about sex, baby. So they had a lot of it in this they book. Did have a lot of sex. Um, what did you think? We kind of already touched on this, but over the top, too much too saucy it was fine (laughs) it was was fine i really i think i'm getting to where i'm so um, immune yeah i'm i'm pretty immune to it all (laughs) there was sad (laughs) come over to the dark side with me mother (laughs) um there was a lot of dirty talk in this one there was dirty talk well the whole research thing and what are you thinking right now and oh you know it was hmm. yeah I wasn't mad at it. Um, so what did it make you want to do more? Take your car into the shop, go camping, or go ride on a motorcycle? Or, option D, have dirty, sweaty garage sex? Well, I don't want to have dirty, sweaty garage sex. <laughs> Where you but, and I differ. <laughs> but they did, they did make it sound good. Um, <laughs> I just personally don't want to... Um, uh, camping, I don't like sleeping on the ground. I'm too old, Ellen, for all these things. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is where it's coming out, Mom and I's different stages in life, because I was like, yeah, all of those. All of Give it to me. Um, but, I mean, we've done a lot of camping over the years. Yeah. I've just gotten to the point where it's like, oh, I hate sleeping on the ground. Dang. So if I do go camping, I have to take, like, a huge air mattress. See, it really made me want to go camping, because, first of all, I've been wanting to go camping like, you know, all sexy times aside, I was just like, yeah, camping is great. I really want to go camping. Um, so. Well, go camping before you have a lot of little kids, because it, it gets to be a lot of work when you have a lot of little kids. Um, no, I love camping, and I've done some, you know, camping. 
I don't want to know. I don't, don't want to know the rest of the stuff that you, you don't want to hear done. the rest of this comment. <laughs> no, I've done a lot of fun things out in the camping world. <laughs> Gosh, Sorry. we would go. We would go camping. We would go camping. And hey kids, nap time. <laughs> <laughs> no, and we would go with this other family, and the parents of this other family would always, like, you guys would always, like, exchange what you had done the night before, and all of us kids were always just like, ah, stop! Hey, we were pretty open about talking about stuff. Sorry. Were you? I never noticed. (laughs) Well, you seem to have a problem with it now. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. What is, what was Wait, what were my other choices? There was dirty garage sex, camping. Dirty garage sex, taking your car into the shop, going camping, or going on a road on on a motorcycle. Behind a tall British mechanic. Hmm. Probably just get new tires. <laughs> <laughs> You're so boring. I am so boring. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just super practical, Ellen. Uh, well... We won't get into which one I wanted to do the most, but you, want, you wanted the dirty garage sex, you dirty birdie. No comment. Um, Is that, am I right? I mean, I didn't. I had to not, answer. You have to answer. I did not like that. It, honestly, I wanted like after this book, I was like, I wanted the camping the most. But then that scene came up, and I was like, but that oh, I want, I want any that. <laughs> I'm just saying, like the way she would describe things with all the dirties. Sweaty, hot, rough hands. I was just like, oh, okay. (laughs) All right. Okay, next question. (laughs) What is your swooniest moment in this book, Mom? See, I've been holding back because I knew you were going to ask that. The camping Mm -hmm. trip was my swooniest moment. I really liked the camping trip. I liked it. was um, cute. So that's why I've been kind of holding back. Um, and I did like the scene at the end where she showed up all dirty and sweaty. And she's like, here's your mm-hmm. carburetor. <laughs> she's yeah. like, I'll see you later. <laughs> yeah, that was cute. And, uh, and anyway, it was. Um, but the camping was cute. Like the, the fishing was the fishing cute. And the, the skinny and the, dipping and. The tent sex. And... Tent sex. Yeah. Yep. It was cute. <laughs> It was cute. So my swooniest moment was towards the end when she shows up um, at the garage and she's all dirty and sweaty. And this, I wrote down this little bit of dialogue because this was what made me swoon the hardest in this book. And he says, I want to be your man and I want you to be my woman. And she's like, you want to be my boyfriend? And he says, yes, but none of that book boyfriend bullshit i'm as real as they come and i'll put all your fictional studs to shame you got that and i was like oh it's a tall order because there's a lot of them yeah (laughs) but that that got the biggest reaction out of me it was just if you're a romance reader, it's worth the read because there's so many winks and nods to the more genre yeah that's a good point yeah, I mean the whole book because this book boyfriend concept comes up a lot. a lot. You know, she's always referring to him as her book boyfriend. Yeah, like the perfect and book boyfriend. Yeah, and um, 
and it was just funny and I just like that 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 is the conclusion it's like I'm not gonna be your book boyfriend I am all man and I was like <laughs> oh boy <laughs> um but and there's just something about the like I want to be your man and I want you to be my woman and I was just like oh okay yes <laughs> I'm in yeah so um you like that, that possessiveness huh Ellen? I don't know. I'm, I, I'm just asking a question. <laughs> I guess it's working for me right now. Good. <laughs> um, so, any other thoughts on Wait With Me, Mom? No, it was delightful. It was delightful. I don't, it was like... A fun little rom-com romp. Yeah. You know, nothing, like like we say a lot, nothing completely groundbreaking here, but, um, I yeah, I really liked the whole romantic uh romance genre exploration that was kind of taking place within this romance Definitely. i thought and that like was i fun. said I, I will never think about getting my tires changed the same yeah and i wasn't i wasn't mad at miles and like, my car my my car maintenance might get better because i'll want to go in more often Honey, I go. need an oil change. Honey, I need to go get the tires changed. <laughs> need my He's tires like, I could do that. He's like, I could do that. No, 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 you're ruining the whole thing. You're ruining the whole vibe, your hand. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so, Nara Melissa, before we both started reading this book, she tweeted us and she said, I'm reading Wait With Me and getting embarrassed on your behalf. <laughs> and um, that had me worried. Um but it ended up not being too bad. I think probably Nara was thinking, like, there's references early on to the fact that she's writing BDSM right. and, and anal play anal. and things yeah. like that. And there was a there was a touch to be puntastic about it. There was a touch of anal in this. <laughs> but, um, to be puntastic. But, <laughs> but not so much as to be, like, off-putting overboard for us yeah um but yeah so yeah i think that this was this was a fun one to start 2019 with yeah 2019 year of ellen um (laughs) so those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on wait with me by amy does we would love to hear more from you on our facebook page goodreads group our twitter which is at not your mom's rom or you can email us at not your mom's romance book club at gmail.com so if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read we'd love to hear from you on january 14th what that's one week from now we will be discussing spotless by camilla monk in our first mini episode and we're going to talk again about how that is going to work in our break um so for now we're going to take a break and when we come back we'll be talking about defending romance so stay with us it's time for a break it's time for a break the break is when (laughs) do the news and mail that bob dylan that's my bob dylan impression of the break song you're such a dork So, um, for our break, we're going to talk about the fact that it's 2019. We're going to do a little Christmas recap. We're going to talk about some things that have happened in 2019 already. And we're going to talk about how 2019 is going to work with the show. So, Mom, let's talk about Christmas. Um, 
We both got some pretty awesome romance-related presents. We did. Ellen um, gave me a puzzle. Yeah. With yeah, the book I did. covers of all 50 of our 51st episodes. Yeah, which we haven't obviously gotten through 50, but we have 50 planned out. So I put the book covers of our first 50 episodes on a puzzle. This is a very Mom and Ellen thing. We like puzzles. Yeah. Um, and exactly. we freaking plowed through that puzzle. Well, it was a pretty easy puzzle to put together because once because with all the different book covers, the hardest part was all the different chests. We had yes. to. I've got a chest piece. Here's another it's like male. You're chest. gonna have to be more specific. <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, fleshy male chests on uh, on on those books, but on those book covers, we got it figured out. So we okay. had to look really closely, but we got it figured out. <laughs> We did it. We whipped that thing out pretty quick. We did, indeed. I mean, the puzzle, of course. We, and, we did and, that on New Year's Eve night, so that's just an indicator as to how awesome my New <laughs> Year's Eve was. What partiers we are! <laughs> <laughs> um, I got... We have talked before about our Turkish shows. Um, my brother made me a cardboard, you know, stand-up... Life-size. Life-size cutout of... John Yaman, who is the main character, the main actor from Erkenshi Kush, which is our all-time favorite. And um, it may or may not be hanging on the inside of my closet door. So every time I, like, open my closet, I'm like, oh, hey there, John. <laughs> Fancy like, meeting you here. Hey, Ellen. In Turkish. <laughs> in Turkish. <laughs> um, he speaks English. Yeah, he does. Um, but what else do we... It seems like, oh, I got mom, I made mom in her Kenshi Kush calendar. calendar. Um, mom got me a Turkish tea set. A lot Thank of you. Turkish themed uh, presents for yeah. us. Um, that was kind of romance wise what we got, right? Yeah. Oh, mom got me, because I tweeted about this, mom got me the Australian oh. firefighters calendar. Yeah, I them did. holding baby animals and... Let's just say Mr. January is not hard to look at. <laughs> I bet none of them are very hard to look at. No, they are not. Um, so, yeah, that. Thank you, I Australia, put, for loving little animals so much. I put that and um, my cardboard cutout in my closet. Um, that way I figure anybody who does not get what I'm about, I can just kind of close it away. And it won't intimidate anybody or startle anybody good thinking ellen you're so wise i know i try um i spent a good portion of my christmas break making a quilt for my brother there might have been a fair amount of swear words that were being thrown around while i was doing that just in case you're wondering there was yes not might have been there was (laughs) well i did it on one day for 10 hours i was just back in mom's sewing room quilting for 10 hours and I was getting towards the end and you know how like when you've just been at something for so long and you're just like frustration levels are just at their peak I was just at that like point of exhaustion where I just couldn't take it anymore and I was how did your brother feel about the quilt he loved it because it's amazing it is amazing I mean it's not amazing like if you I told him I'm like don't look too closely at the binding um, cause it's kind of a hot mess, but it still functions as a blanket. So it was amazing. It was yeah. amazing. We saw a couple movies. We saw 
Mary Poppins Returns. Yes, we did. It was utterly delightful. It was delightful. My thing with this movie, oh my gosh. Emily Blunt killed it. Yeah, she was really good as Mary Poppins. And my thing with this movie is that it's getting kind of like middling reviews, but it's all these people who are saying like it doesn't have the same magic as the first one. And my defense of that is you saw the first one when you were a child, most likely. And when, and it was made for you to feel magical at that time. You are not going to watch a new Mary Poppins and feel that same magic as when you watched the first one when you were a kid. It's just not going to happen. It's the same thing with Star Wars and things like that. It's like everybody needs to take off the nostalgia rose-colored glasses and just recognize things for what they are as we are cynical adults watching these things that are made to, like, fill children with whimsy. Ellen, you are so wise. Thank you. You must have been raised really well. Mm, I was raised okay. Um, <laughs> we also saw Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, we did. That it was, was very cool. Very cool. We really liked uh, that. Yeah. But we're nerdy like that, so. Yes, we are. Um, I saw Aquaman. I did not. No, you did not. Um, it was as cool as they could possibly make the character of Aquaman. Okay. Well said. (laughs) Succinct. Um, So, yeah. So that was kind of our Christmas. We did have our dance party. And I promised a video, but Ellen won't let me share any of the videos. I'll take... uh, You can post one on Twitter. Well, Ellen did post a picture on Facebook of... Oh, you didn't post it on anything else, though. That was on our regular Facebook. On our personal Facebooks. Of us in our pajamas. Yes. Very nerdy pajamas this year. Well, we always get matching pajamas, and they're usually... Oh, yeah, we talked about this. They're always nerd-related, and this year was Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, which we also said in the last one, because we knew that none of our family would listen to it. Um, In bigger news that is more pertinent to romance, Penny Reed does this thing on her Facebook page where she picks a top fan cuz on a fan page you can gain top fan status by commenting and liking things enough times. So I am a top fan on Penny Reed's page. I know you're all shocked. And um she does a thing where every month she picks a top fan and you get to select from this list of prizes. And um I won this month. Ellen uh, did. It was like the best start to 2019 that I possibly could have had. It was so cool. And um, I was sorely tempted to pick. The, there's a prize where you get like a walk-on role in a Penny Reed novel, which I'm thinking means like you get someone named after you. And that one would have been amazing. But I picked... To have breakfast with Penny Reed before a signing. Mom and I are going to Book Bonanza in August. Penny Reed is going to be there. And I knew that Mom would never forgive me if I didn't pick something that would also benefit her. So, Mom and I are going to have breakfast with Penny Reed before. So I'm, I'm glamming on to Ellen's prize. Yes. And um, we mentioned that, and no one said, no, you can't do that. So, I'm so like, okay, we're I'm in. thinking it's okay. <laughs> Um, so I get to come too. Yeah, but so we're pretty excited I mean, about that. I am Ellen's mom. 
So it's true. Um, so anyway, for official show business, we've talked about this before, but just so you guys are reminded, the way we're going to work with this weekly episodes thing is every other week we're going to do episodes as we've been doing them with the A topic, the B topic, the break segment, what we've been reading, and all of that jazz as we've been doing it. Um, and then in the in between weeks, we're going to do what we're going to call our mini episodes, where all we do is a review of the announced book. Um, we're not going to do what we've been reading. We're not going to do a B topic. We're not going to do a break. So you'll you'll have but, to go a week without listening to we my. We will jingle. still be delightful and charming. We'll try. um just because and you know for a peek behind the curtain we're doing it that way just so if we need to we can record them you know anytime during the week anytime during the week or even you know concurrent with the episode before it or something like that um just so we have room to move that one around um so i hope that that format works well for you guys i hope that you still like that um and we're excited slash nervous to be going weekly so we hope that you'll stick with us throughout um also just another reminder we are going to be attending kiss con weekend affair in chicago which is april 5th to the 7th and we're going to be attending dallas book bonanza august 9th through the 10th of this year um, so if you are also going to be there, we would just love to meet people. We love meeting romance readers, especially, you know, you guys that listen to the show. So hit us up if you're attending and, um, yeah, we'll be there. So we're excited. Um, yeah. Anyway, I think that does it for our break segment. Mom, anything else Perfect. to relate? No, Ellen, that was delightful. Thank you. Um, All right, so we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Welcome back. Um, So because Kate, a.k.a. Mercedes, did so much defending of her profession in this book, we thought we would talk about how we personally defend the romance genre from the haters. Um, I came up with some of the things that we romance readers hear over and over again, and we're just going to lay out how we would or have responded to some of these arguments. Mom, make sense? Yes. Okay. So, they lack substance. What would you say to that? I would disagree with that. Because, well, I mean, sure, there are some that, like with any book, in any genre... There are yes, some that are weaker. That's what I don't get is that like, others. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, continue. Um, but most of the books I've read, in fact, I can't think of one that I haven't read that didn't have a storyline, a plot, a um, some some of them are very moving. I mean, I think of yeah. Longshot or um, you know, just some of them are just have Flowers so from much the storm, yeah, or, like, or any of those. So much story yeah. in them, or, or so much history, or so much. Yeah, you know that they're just super moving, and and I even cried a little bit in this book that we read today. And it's like, gosh, what is the matter with me? But um, I, <laughs> I mean, there's story. No, they they don't lack substance. They have great stories. Yeah. 
And they're always uplifting stories. Yeah, that's what... First of all, I would say, if somebody says they lack substance, I say, who cares? Like, if you think that way, like, people can just read something for fun. Like, right. get over yourself. But also, no, they don't. Um, because people falling in love is not lacking in substance. Like, just because it's something as trivial as falling in love, like, it's still, that's like a human experience that we can all relate to and find joy in and, you know, get something out of. It's like if every single movie ever made was like some deep drama. I mean, you would really get tired of that. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. Next one. I'm on a roll. Any, Go. Anyone could write a romance novel. Um, I couldn't. <laughs> yeah. I would say prove it. Um, but no, I hear this one a lot. Like writers who are like, I could, I could do that. And it's like, okay, maybe you could, you write for a living. Like that's very possible. Um, but I think I think that it's not a coincidence that people trivialize romance writers who tend to be all women. Like, right. I don't think that that's a coincidence. Um, and I also, but I think that's because women are a little bit more in tune to tapping into what we like in romance novels, which is the emotion and the nuances in expression and things like that that um humans have in this process of falling in love i would say i agree ellen um i don't think (laughs) okay this is what i'm going to relate it to when i was a teacher Mm -hmm. and we would have substitute i taught elementary school and we would have substitutes that would come to elementary school who had taught high school for years and years and years and years and then they'd think Oh, I taught high school for years, so I should I can teach I can work in an elementary school classroom, and inevitably they would not they could not handle it. Mm-hmm. They just weren't used to you know what we had going on at the elementary level. I think that there are authors who are very you know prominent authors who write very fancy work, but would have a hard time writing something that's um, can I say lovely and sweet and um, yeah. And happy and, you know, that I don't think that everybody can write this the way they think that they can. Yeah. Yeah, there's certain beats that are, you know, specific to the genre and, um, like, things that romance readers would be upset if they weren't there. I feel like, and I feel like some more prolific, if that's what they want to be called, authors would try and make there be, like, not a happily ever after. No. And, and we, we won't tolerate would that. revolt. <laughs> um, so this is the next one. They give readers an unrealistic expectations of love and romance. Well, I don't know that it gives anyone expectations so we'll just know. say, I was just um, asked this recently mm-hmm. in connection to my romance reading. If if I feel that I have lofty, as, you know, expectations of 
love and dating and all of that kind and of romance. Thing. Yes. I said, I kind of think of reading romance. This is kind of a sad way to say it, but I kind of think of romance as reading a fantasy novel. I recognize that it's a story. It's usually slightly heightened. Um, that being said, I do think that romance has um, more than like given me expectations of love and romance. I think it's giving me expectations of how I want to be treated in a relationship. Not that I feel like I need these grand gestures all the time, but you know, respected and treated well and, you know, cherished a little bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I don't think that those are unrealistic. I think that that's what anybody would want out of a relationship. And yeah, I think, though, also on the other side, it's made me more um, like just little things during the day where you know, I'm more affectionate with my husband. I'm more, um, you know, because in my mind, I'm thinking, well, if I want this from a relationship, then I need to put this into the relationship. You can't just expect it to happen. And that comes from the reading as well, that I realize that I need to be, you know, as much of a participant in it as if I'm expecting things from somebody. Yeah. Yes. I would agree with that. Um, so that's what I would say, and that's what I have said to that claim about romance. Um, they are just mommy porn. Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, they're not porn. I, I mean, I guess you can get... Um, you can get titillated from scenes in well, a romance Well, and I think novel. that there's an addictive quality to them as well, in that I get addicted to the... I want the happiness. I want the happy stuff. I don't want, um, you know, I don't want to have to read a book and think, oh my gosh, this might end sadly. Um, yeah. So I, I do get addicted in a way to the happily ever after. I was kind of thinking about this. I, because I've talked about this comparison before with other people. When people talk about, when you think about a strip club for men like strip clubs for men they're seedy it's got like guys in the back corner that are quietly chugging their drinks and just like staring at these women that are stripping if you go to a strip club that's for women with men stripping it is a completely different environment girls are hooting and hollering they're all in groups and gangs and they're all going crazy and just having a good time i think of romance like that it's something that we tend to like want to share with our friends and podcast listeners and um you know facebook groups and things like that that we're a part of it's something that like we do and read together because it's fun whereas porn has the connotations of it's like something that like has shame and like you're doing it in a seedy corner and you know doing things to yourself well and you know godspeed like do that if you want i don't care but um but yeah so i don't know does that make sense yeah it's more of a joyful thing rather than a seedy thing yeah exactly um so 
that romance is just cheesy schlock. Well, then bring, then paint me a cheesy schlock. (laughs) Um, Sure, some of it is cheesy. I mean, we talk about that. I mean, it is cheesy. But kind of like you said earlier, every genre has cheesy schlock. Like, yeah. There's some of it that is, yes, I will grant you that. And there's some that is, you know, kind of trivial and silly. But every genre has that. Every genre has a crappy horror book or a cheesy mystery novel that has a predictable case or whatever, you know. I don't... Yeah. I'm getting all worked up now, you guys. <laughs> um, sure, some of it's cheesy, but some of it's really well done and and not cheesy and and uh you know but even like parts of this book that we read today you could say parts of it were cheesy but i think that a lot of it amy did in a um tongue-in-cheek way tongue-in-cheek kind of way and um and it's fun and delightful to read it that way yeah okay and then our last one which we've talked about this one before but that they are degrading to women and anti-feminist i completely disagree yeah. I have never, ever, and I've read a lot of these books, I've never read one that had a heroine that was... I think maybe you can get into that a little bit with some of the more old school ones. Like with there's some, some that are like a little bit more damsel and stressy, but especially like modern romance, you would be hard pressed to find one that is not very cognizant of trying to stay feminist like i mean like point that out to me if you have one because i just i mean if anything i've never read more feminist literature than modern romance novels yeah yeah and they're always very you know they stand up for themselves or at least they learn to stand up for themselves in in the book if they don't already and uh they you know, usually are just awesome, strong yeah. women. Yeah. So even, even the historicals, it's fun to read historicals where these women are just like, no, I'm not going to be like that. In 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 all, my defense of all of these things would just be because all of these things are said by people who have never read a romance in their lives. Or and, they've read one like 20 years ago. And, yeah, or they've read like Twilight or something and that's what they're... Or Fifty Shades of Grey. And that's, like, they're using that I've never as even read Fifty Shades. Representative of the entire genre. Um, anyway, so what, how would you, some of you, respond to any of these things? We would love to hear what you guys would say to some of these things that we hear over and over about the genre. Um, so, you know, tweet us or message us somehow, and, and we'd love to see what you guys have to say. Um, so... Thanks so much for joining us. Again, if you would like to join us for Spotless by Camilla Monk in one week, one week on January 14th, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at NotYourMomsRom or on Facebook or Goodreads or email us at NotYourMomsRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love reading them. So, thanks, Mom. Thank you, Ellen. We'll see you next time. Bye. See ya. Bye.